Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by OCR elites, Natalie Miano and Mark Botris. Natalie, Mark, and I had a really fun conversation today, diving into who they are as athletes, what their training looks like, being that they are busy parents and full-time workers, and also how their history of their athletic careers their injuries and their busy lives carry over into how they train and how they program for their athletes. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Natalie and Mark, how are you? We're doing great. Thanks, thanks for having us on, on, your, on your podcast. You're welcome. I'm super excited to get both of you on here. You are both athletes um, from different backgrounds, have come together coaching. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited just to have a really good conversation with you guys about everything that you guys do from both aspects of that. Um, but first dive in to introducing yourselves. I don't care who, which one of you wants to go first, but go ahead and tell us who you are and kind of what your athletic background is and what that whole story is. Yeah, um, I'm Mark Botchers. Uh I've been uh, running since I was like eight years old. <laughs> um, yeah, I just started uh, doing Spartan racing and OCRs um, about five years ago and kind of transitioned into that. And um, I, in college, I was a five-time All-American for Cal Poly Pomona. And yeah, just uh, mostly a runner my whole life. Uh, I'm Natalie, and I'm Mark's wife. <laughs> um, I we actually come from a little bit of a, basically a similar background, but a little bit different. Um, I uh, was a runner too. I did run in college. That's where Mark and I met. And um, but I got into running as training for uh, like cross training for basketball, and I was a really big uh, basketball player. Um, so for me, I kind of come from more of a um, explosive power you know um like in terms of like my um uh like i guess my my attributes <laughs> um so yeah basketball kind of had me of more of I, I was definitely like more of a speed power um athlete so i guess kind of in ocr because it does require like that mix of like you know anaerobic and aerobic um my background kind of suits what we do so it's pretty cool very cool. With the different backgrounds, as far as Mark, you being a runner, Natalie, you being more of the um, power, do you find yourself focusing on different things when it comes to your training, or do you can do train together pretty comparatively? Um, I think we're pretty comparable in terms of our training. Um, the thing is, it, it's it's all based on what we're getting ready for. Um, we're both getting ready for the same events, so in order to train for those events we there's a certain type of training that needs to get done um in order to perform at the highest level so um not like you know we we could be doing different things uh but in the end it's like you know you you need to compete you need to be your best so we end up doing very similar type training yeah yeah i mean i'd say um there's like maybe slight differences um in our training um but for the most part like he said because we're training for the same event i mean it would be a lot different if i 
was, you know, may maybe pushing for events I'm probably more suited for, which would be like your DECA, you know, stadium, uh, that those kind of, um, or high rocks or whatever, that would probably be what I'm better suited for. Um, but I mean, right now with, I, I, you know, I think I'm doing pretty well with the like series races and the, I guess like that super sprint, super beast Spartan race series. Um, and you know, basically what I've done is just said like, okay, this is what I want to focus on. So, I mean, you know, everybody has to do what they want to do, what they're interested in. Right. So, um, that's where I, what I'm interested. In. I'm interested in that because, you know, that's where uh, I guess the, that's where he's racing. So I want to go with him. And then that's where like all, I feel like a lot more of the, um, even the, the community I want to like hang out with is there, you know, so I'm like, Oh, I don't want to miss the, the scene of the series races and the world championship and whatnot. So for me, I'm kind of just molding my, you know, my body and my attributes into, you know, and then working on what, what my weaknesses are. And my biggest weakness coming into, um, this type of training was definitely like my aerobic, you know, fitness, my, my, um, uh, like that's probably where I was lacking. So for me, yeah. it's been just like learning. Increasing that aerobic capacity over time. So yeah. from the time she started, I think we only, she was only hitting like 40 miles a week. And then right now for the last year and a half, it's been right around 70. So yeah, it's been a huge, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, pretty hard at first for her for for Natalie to um for her to get used to that many miles but uh now she's very consistent on it and it's actually you know no big deal dropping the bucket <laughs> yeah and I mean also I've saw, I saw like I'm, I'm seeing tremendous um like you know improvement. improvement and um definitely it's moving the needle for me to be competitive in that realm <laughs> so yeah Improvement wise, are you notice what are you noticing um, improvement? Is it just speed in general? Is it efficiency as far as getting through obstacles? Where's that improvement with increasing that endurance? So for me, um, it, a lot of it is like that aerobic um, capacity. So kind of like your aerobics, aerobic max capacity. So kind of like how fast you can go for a half marathon or like, you know, um, an hour plus or whatever. Um, whereas, so I, I don't necessarily think I'm faster. I probably was faster. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been faster at different parts of my life. So it, depending on what you say, when you mean faster, uh, when I was, you know, probably putting in, you know, an hour a day of plyometrics when I was um, in high school, I, I used to do an hour a day every single day of my life. I did an hour a day of pl straight plyos and um, speed work, like hardcore speed ladders and you know stuff like that. And I was probably stupid fast compared to what I am now um, in terms of like sprinting, you know, 50, 20, 30 meter sprints and, and moving quickly. Um, it, you know, when I was training like lower mileage and doing a lot of speed work, I was a faster like miler. So right now I probably couldn't beat my old self in a mile or on a basketball court, but I, um, but it's that like that, that aerobic max capacity, right? Something, however you want to say, everybody says it's different, but um, it's like, yeah, how, how holding faster paces over like an hour or for an hour or 30, 30 minutes to an hour. 
Um, that was a big weakness of mine before. So that's what I've been working on. And the improvement is like tremendous there. Yeah. Awesome. Mark, I'm curious with you, cause you were a runner most of your life. Um, how was that transition for you getting into OCR and starting to incorporate the obstacles, the strength component and everything there that was involved? Uh, it was very difficult. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't very good. Um, I started out when I like coming from the running scene. Um, there is not a big emphasis on weightlifting. So all my weightlifting was just like, it was a maintenance type workouts. So um, nothing, nothing really to, uh, you know, uh, brag about. <laughs> so <laughs> it was very light lifting, um, just enough to, to get, um, you know, just a little, little tear in the fibers, but not enough to get you sore. Uh, so like the next day you can go out and run pretty hard. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't anything complicated. It was like, you know, four, four by 10, you know, like you know, four sets of 10 reps and you just change the exercise. Yeah. 10 to 12 reps. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. Yeah. So like what I would do, like, like when, when I was a runner, I would do like, all right, I'd, I'd start off there. Then I would do go into my superset phase. And then after that, I'd do a peaking phase, which is all body weight. So it was like, it wasn't very complicated in terms of uh, weightlifting. Um, it was very simple. And um, yeah, I, I, I weighed 135 pounds. So like lifting, you know, like at, I, I, <laughs> when we first started OCR, Spartan was freaking hard, man. Like it was, yeah. it was no joke, man. It's funny because like, I always tell myself like prepare as if you're doing a Spartan race in 2016, 2017, <laughs> like don't, don't prepare like you're doing one in 2019 because like, I want, I want, I want my mindset to be on the highest, the hardest and, and, and getting prepared in the most difficult way. Uh, I know a lot of people say like, Oh yeah, things have been, uh, you know, not as hard as they used to be, but I always train as if, you know, a 2016 race is going to come up around the corner. Because I still feel like you never know. They like throw a curveball at you or whatever. Yeah. I, I feel and like you don't know when they're coming. Be so it's yeah. better to be prepared for anything. But we're getting them a lot less. Yeah. Than we used to. <laughs> yeah. So like, like there would be times where I'd be like, oh man, I am so fit. And then, you know, Spartan would throw a 120 pound sandbag carry at me. Up a freaking up double a, black diamond yeah. half mile long. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck happened? Like, I just, I, I would just shake my head, like, oh man, I guess I, I had a, the wrong idea what the heck that was going to be. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff, um, you know, in, in the past, I would say in the past, in, in like in, in, in 2016, 2017 very difficult for a runner to come in and be successful. I think now there it's actually more likely because it's, it's more of an easier transition. Um, but when I came in weighing 135 pounds, I was not going to cut the mustard. So, um, basically right now I weigh 150 to 155 pounds. So adding 15 to 20 pounds, you know, has allowed me to do, do the sandbag carries and, you know, to be more effective on strength obstacles, but it, it was a, it's a big transition because when you first start out, uh, you know, having to gain that weight, your speed goes down, and you know, I don't know, 
if there's a lot of runners listening, you guys know how it feels when you start getting slower. Uh, it messes with your mind because you're like, oh, I'm not as fit as I used to be because for runners, it's all based on how fast you're running. Uh, your, your confidence, your mentality, all that is based on how fast you can run. So having low confidence was an issue for me at that time because I wasn't running as fast as I was when I started. And also, um, you know, the, just not being as fast, you know, just kind of, it kind of lowered my confidence a little, but then, you know, having that extra weight made me better at obstacles. So I was like, oh man, I really wasn't, I didn't know what to think of it at the time. But then all of a sudden, recently, I started getting a lot faster. And I'm like, oh, I'm as fast as I was when I started. And now I'm, I weigh just the same. I weigh 150 pounds. So now I weigh 15 pounds more. This is way better. This is a way better position to be in. I feel healthier. I feel stronger. And now when I lift, I do it to lift weight. So now I'm like, okay, this is good. This is, this is healthy. It's good. I'm doing everything to move the needle towards better performances. You made a great point there. And it's something that I battled for a while too. Um, I went from being a primarily a runner to doing CrossFit and still kept my speed quite a bit, but I had that same thing as I started gaining muscle mass, my speed slowed down and it took me a while to be like, okay, I'm not that fast anymore. I can't, like she said, like, I can't run that mile time I used to run in high school. Right. Yeah. And it messes with you because like, as a runner, you're like, Oh wow. You like, like runners, build a lot of their um and, and this is, has, has come along with my mentality as, as an athlete which is like um runners tend to, to build a lot of their self-worth based on how fast they can run which is yeah. you know that's pretty much it so um if they're not running fast but, I mean, they, it's, a psychological it's, a, it's a psychological yeah. default yeah it's like it's not actually a good thing it's yeah. actually something bad and you can see this you can see this with a lot of runners um uh, that 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 have done podcasts and that talk about like their performances. Once they start running slower than they used to, they start, they stop, they stop doing sport. That's it. They quit because they can't handle the fact that guys that they used to beat are now beating them. And then, you know, the times they used to run. Yeah. So it's a psychological defect for runners to really put a lot of your self-worth on running. Um, there's a lot more nuances to fitness. There's a lot more nuances to health and uh, there's a lot more nuances to happiness. <laughs> so to base it all on, am I running fast? No, my life sucks. It's like, <laughs> it's such a very immature, you know, and, and um, you know, not, not going to improve your life in any way. So having a better mindset, having a better attitude with fitness and performance is, um, you know, a lot more uh, constructive. So that's where I feel like I am now. I'm like, oh yeah, this is good that I can lift. This is good that I can, I can do other things uh, a lot more effectively. And being fast is good, but it's not the most important thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Switching directions just a little bit. Natalie, I know you've been really good when it comes to being injury free for the most part. Mark, I know you've dealt with a number of injuries. Um, I would love you to discuss that kind of the mindset going through that um, as well as, you know, getting past that and getting back to being able to compete like you are? Yeah, um, well, I, I've had uh, two meniscus surgeries, um, you know, in the past five years. Um, I had knee problems recently in the last uh, year. Um, you know, just understanding 
and, and I have I had calf issues as well. This is why I wear the calf sleeve. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know I, I realize my body's break breaking down kind of because it's like it's getting older. Um, I'm 35 years old. I've been running competitively since I was eight. Um, you know, there's not very much. Um, I haven't had very much time in my life where I, I wasn't exercising. So I think the biggest time frame was like four months where I didn't exercise like, you know, consistently for an event. So um, pretty much it's it, 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 uh, understanding why I got these injuries and understanding why my body was breaking down has made me become a better athlete. Um, understanding what the issues were as to why these these injuries occur is cornerstone for your improvement you know so it's like I, I knew I knew exactly what was going on um, when I had my meniscus tear my second tear and when I had this second tear uh, my my whole uh, my I call my surgery team <laughs> uh, we we talked about it and we said what was the best course of action um, how can I increase my recovery and we had such a good plan that I had my my surgery right uh, right before uh, Thanksgiving, and then on on uh, on uh, Christmas Day, I was having my first run, and then by January, I was already having my first race. And it was such a quick turnaround, and I was uh, yeah, oh February, yeah. But it was very quick on the turnaround in terms of when I was in surgery to when I was able to race again, um, and it was because I, I kind of knew exactly what the problem was as to what my form issues were or what what my muscle deficiencies were and i i had you know quick turnaround the thing is it's good to have quick turnarounds but at the same time there's other other nuances of of uh of fitness that you need to work on as well so what i learned like after i had the surgery i had a good year but then at the end of the year my knee was just messed up again and it was because I had done nothing in terms of flexibility to work on my flexibility. So after um, I went back to my team and I said, hey, uh, I think something's wrong. Uh, we need to check it out again. And they did an MRI and then they looked at it and they were like, well, what we took out is still out, but you know, for some reason you're having these problems, but they're not related to your meniscus. Your meniscus is fine. So then I, kind of realized like it had to be something flexibility wise because my flexibility had been going down the tubes because I was just focused on racing. So then once I got out of racing and I said to myself, okay, uh, I, I guess in 2019, I kind of threw away the season. I was, I just realized like, there's no point in me trying to race when I'm just going to break myself again. So it's better that I fix myself and I figure out what's wrong and then I could be ready for the end of the year. And it actually worked out pretty well because then at the end of the year, that's when I started racing very well. So it, it was related to my flexibility. It was related to um, me not working on any type of stretching ever. <laughs> and now it's a huge component. Um, after I'm done with my runs, after I'm done with my day, I have a stretching routine um, that I do every single day no matter what. And that's what's been able to keep me, you know, keep me running. So, yeah, I mean, for everybody that's out there, you, you got to figure out what's, 
what's the underlying issue as to why you got an injury? Uh, surgery is important in certain, certain aspects, but you still need to figure out why you got the injury in the first place. Um, and, and then once you fix those problems, then you can have the surgery and, and fix, fix the acute issue, and then you can handle what the underlying issue was. I'm glad you pointed that out because that's, that's something that most people don't think about. It's just, oh, I have this injury because I'm a runner, because I do this, that, or the other. And they have the surgery and they never really get into the, well, why did this happen in the first place? Because right. ultimately, unless it's a traumatic injury, most of these injuries shouldn't be happening in the first place. So it is important to find that underlying why going forward. Yeah. yeah. Kind of got to peel back layers and really, um, you know, dig for the answer there. And then you, and then you, once you, you know, you, you find out what the problems are, you realize, like you said, they're really, unless it's a traumatic injury, um, there really isn't a reason you can't be doing these activities every day. <laughs> yeah. There's usually a reason. <laughs> and it's usually not just cause you got your butt out the door to do it. <laughs> uh, it's like, um, you know, like a car, it's basically like, if you have a car with a, off alignment you're always going to get bald tires and it's like you could put a new set of tires on but if the alignment's not fixed you're just going to keep breaking down so it, it, you have to fix your alignment first and then you can put on new tires and then you're going to be okay i'm, so I'm a much better yeah i'm a much more durable athlete than mark um i mean it could be my build it, it there's a, probably a lot of like you know things that are working in my favor there genetically but i um, I do experience like these little acute problems, like little injuries, um, uh, pre-injuries, just like everybody else. And they're usually like pretty easy. It's pretty easy for me to decipher what it is that I'm lacking or, you know, what it is that I've been neglecting. Um, so for me, even this week, it's like get today's run was, uh, pretty much cut short. Um, I, I'm lucky I even got to do a run, but I've got like fallen arches and um, it's just, I get like this, uh, like sort of like tarsal tunnel syndrome going on in my, um, with my, um, and, it, and it's an injury I've had before, so I know what to do, but it's crazy because it's like, you know, you I can look back at the last six weeks and it's not necessarily my fault, but because of different circumstances that have, um, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had like a couple of things go on where I, ha I haven't been able to put in my like gym work and a lot of my strength training and a lot of my um mobility drills and stuff like that it's just mostly related to like this these ankle like cuts I had to have on my ankle to remove um a um like some some squamous cell carcinoma that was there and they cut right on my ankles and pretty deep so I had to have stitches and it was like a pretty big cut and it's like right at the bend of my foot to my ankle so I was limited on my mobility so I had to take several days off and that was coming off of a taper week and a race week with Jacksonville and a recovery week so then we had those three things and then I had my surgery and then that got in uh, you know not even like 10 days later that got infected and when it got infected my, my ankles were like softballs and I couldn't do anything again for another five days. So I couldn't even move for five days because they were just tore up, you know? So I started telling Mark, I'm like, I look, I'm looking back at my, you know, at my schedule and given the taper week before Jacksonville to all the way to now, I haven't done like hardly any of my gym work. I mean, nothing, almost nothing. And I'm like, well, no wonder, I, I mean, like, 
I was doing some like box step ups last night just to work on, you know, like some pistol squats and step ups and stuff. And I'm so weak, I could hardly do one. I mean, it was pathetic. And I'm like, okay, so that explains everything. You know, my, my, uh, I overpronate because I've lacked on the strength component. And so, um, you know, that just goes to show that you need to maintain, you know, those, that, that component of your training, um, or else you can't go out there and run all the miles and do all, you know, whatever. Um, and and for everybody, there's different, you know, there, there are different things that they are, um, you know, honing in on for their injury prevention, depending on, you know, how much they sit or, you know, different things that they do in their life or whatever, different problems they have or whatever. I think that's a great thing to bring up though, because I'm guilty of it as well. I started dealing with a shoulder issue um, last fall. And once I started thinking about it, it's like, oh, because I've neglected my crossover symmetry and all this stuff because I was feeling really good and I just wasn't making time for it. And it really is that those times that we're feeling really good um, like obviously you had other circumstances, but yeah. we do start neglecting those things. Cause like, Oh, I feel really good. I don't need to do this right now. And then that's when a lot of these issues happen when we do neglect those important things. Oh yeah, exactly. Your point is like resonates with me. Um, a lot. That's probably my biggest problem. I don't take things to be probably because I am a little bit more durable. And like you said, I, I you know, like how you're feeling, Oh, I'll be like doing really good. And it's just, I just neglect stuff unless I feel the pain or I feel it coming on. Mark is the total opposite. He's so disciplined and he's you know he's precise and he's disciplined and he's every single day and he never misses anything it's like and and he doesn't even eat dessert and uh, you know we just just gotta sometimes i hate him (laughs) (laughs) i do drink a lot no (laughs) yeah you know i never thought about that (laughs) we love our weaknesses right <laughs> um, you didn't mention in the bio, but you do have children at home. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about your training and what that looks like with the two kids. Obviously, you both work, have lives as well. Um, how do you fit your training in in that being a being a parent or being parents working life as well? So we, uh, I mean, we kind of like bulk it all into the a lot of it into the morning. So. Um, wake up and have the, uh, you know, we, we are fortunate to have the help of my mom. So she lives with us. And I mean, I really, I mean, every time we, somebody asks us about this, kind of like the same answer. So probably people have already heard this, but it's like, oh yeah, well we have my mom to help us so we can go out for a 90 minute session, um, or whatever. And in the times that we don't, we just swap where, you know, one of us wakes up early, gets it done while the other one's with kids and then swap. Um, but yeah, for the most part, try to bulk it all into like one session. Um, so a lot of our stuff is like single session. Um, and then like twice or three times a week, we do a second workout. So try to double up, you know, two or three times a week. And what we've done, um, actually prior to this whole quarantine thing, actually kind of lucky because we sort of built our garage out you know with a a gym at home and before we were going to a gym um but we we decided it would be a little bit better for us to be able to well first of all it's a lot cheaper but um 
for us to be able to be at home while the kids could kind of play around us and then like work out with us. They're five and seven now, so they do some stuff with us. Like yesterday we were doing our workout in the gym in our garage and our garage gym and you know they come out there and they do like burpees they play on their scooter and their bike they run around and then they come back in and they like you know they want to do something else so they have like their little sandbag and they both like carried sandbags and sometimes they do like burpees and I mean they're not really like training hard but you know they I just want them to be in the mix if that makes sense um so I'm glad we like had made the decision to to change because the gym was just like you know, it had like babysitting sections. So uh, they were active. It was a cool gym, but, and they did keep the kids active and they had like a whole outdoor playground area and the kids would be active the whole time, which was cool. But then, you know, I mean, there's, there's a point where you have to start to like, where it can't be, everything can't be separate, where mommy and daddy are working out and training. And I actually don't want them to feel like that. I want it to be like, oh yeah, um, you want to do it too? Come on here, like get up here. Let's do some you want to try to pull up and, you know, and be part of it. Um, so that was really important to us. So we get our morning session. That's not with kids. <laughs> six, days <laughs> a week, six days a week training is, is that so mommy and daddy have a job to do. You know, we, we win races and that's how we do it. And they, they get it. It's like a job. We literally explain it to them like, okay, hey, time to go to work. And um, on Sundays, is you, more often than not, it's a recovery, like a total recovery day. Um, so like this last Sunday, it was total recovery day. We both had eight, I mean, eight to 10 miles. It's usually, he sometimes does a little more, but eight, six, eight to 10 miles, something like that easy. Um, we did, we both did four. Um, we jogged so slow next to them riding bikes. Well, actually he was faster because he had the older child who can, who can ride fast but I had Nico who's our five-year-old who is just learning how to ride a two-wheel bike and we took him out on like a bike path and so for you know I mean it's like my first two miles were like 15 minute miles and you know what I mean so it's total recovery but I'm outside I'm with my kids I'm making them part of our workout um so totally worth it so yeah so some sacrifice made I mean we're not um perfect with our training but at the same time you know building them into it a little bit slowly now yeah kind of cool yeah. awesome when we talked on the phone um you mentioned especially with the strength sessions efficiency biggest bang for your buck i kind of want to transition to that conversation because it also plays into what you do with your coaching of your athletes as well um so can we to dive into that as far as when you're talking your training, getting the most work in in a short period of time, um, what sort of things are we talking about there? What does that look like? Um, what's the purpose of that? Yeah, so the first thing we do is uh, when when we're going through like uh, the off season, what we do is we work on like just pure lifting and and getting stronger. Um, so once we develop the strength, so like that's that's the time when we usually do like like I'll just give you like a deadlift mark. So like that's the time we're trying to get up to like 350 pounds for the deadlift. You know? or just me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, we're trying to live big. We're trying to live big during that time to get strength. We're trying to, you're trying to make sure we're strong, but then when and it's, it's race also, season, like, uh, it's also build up mile time. So we're yeah. just building up miles. So all of our running is easy. We're not doing any like speed workouts. We're not doing any tempo runs. It's just like easy base building miles. 
our build up miles, build up getting miles, up yeah. to our like, you know, peak mileage real nice and slow. Yeah, and then we get to, uh, you know, prior to race, you know, starting to race. Uh, when, when you start doing racing, um, those like bulk lifting and all that kind of stuff does not help in OCR. It's not going to help you. Uh, the best thing to do is understand how you're going to do transitions into obstacles and out of obstacles. So, yeah, so what we yeah. found with a lot of like trial and error is, man, we were getting super strong in the gym, yeah. super strong, and our abilities, our obstacle abilities were just like through the roof with proficiency, at least for like for me and even for you. It was just like, man, we are just crushing it. And then we would go to like, let's say, like incorporate, start incorporating uh, simulation workouts or races and find out, dude, we're like, we're, we're, how are we feeling so weak on like an obstacle or on you know a carry or something like that how come how come we're like so gassed from it we do one obstacle i was telling him i'm like coming over a six a foot wall, wall yeah. four foot wall a six foot wall i'm coming out of it like my heart rate just shoots right up and i am just like wow i'm not recovering and what the heck how can a, a wall be so like debilitating to my race you know i'm like we got a problem <laughs> So, so we kind of like, we, we had been, you know, I mean, this is a couple years of trial and error, but we had kind of been toying with the idea of like incorporating more simulation. So then we went through a whole round, you know, a whole year of playing around with simulation in our workouts, which is really cool, but, uh, you know, depending on how you write it up and you figure it out, you could be burning yourself out on these workouts. So a lot of our simulation workouts, be like race efforts they were almost coming out like race efforts or our gym work which was like an hour plus hour 15 and it was incorporating some simulation we were dead the next day you know you come out of it and your legs are toast you can't get your workouts in you go for a run and you're just crap and it was and it was battling back and forth of how are we going to get this simulation in effectively and um because of benefits right and still and still kind of maintain our training and not burn out so that's where we kind of developed yeah our so, next phase like yeah. our next our next um so when we go discovery. into yeah so when we go into our second phase of training uh we just do basically like a 30 minute workout um and what we do is we we incorporate lifting with high heart rate activities so that includes like burpees box jumps, jump overs, um, anything that gets your heart rate, oh, uh, assault bike, rowers, stuff like that. Like we spike the heart rate for 30 seconds as hard as we can. And then we do a strength obstacle. And we don't do like basic, we're not doing 100% of what we can lift, but we're doing almost like 85 to 90%. So it's like, it's still pretty heavy lifting, but it's not what we were doing during the build up bulk phase. So then what, what that does is it allows you to, um, it allows your body just to get used to lifting with a high heart rate. And so we, we do a high heart rate activity, we do a lift, then we do a high heart rate activity, then we do a lift, and then we switch the, the activity and the lift. So it's, it, we, we usually do five, basically five rounds of that. Right. Uh, so five exercises, five high heart rate activities, and that's it. And after we're done with that workout, we work on our grip strength, and we're pretty much done. So the, yeah. the, the total workout takes about 30 minutes, uh, but 
in the end, like when we, when we actually race, we go into obstacles and it does nothing to our heart rate. Like yeah, we, it, it, it will keep us, it, it will keep us exactly like the same we went in is the same we go out, which is great because the, you don't want your heart rate to spike obstacle you just want to feel like oh that feels exactly the same like i always did so or being able to manage yeah when it, you do get that yeah and, but it, it it's such an effective work like uh, we discovered it's such an effective workout and we stumbled onto it um just because we were dead like we were lifting a lot we were running a lot and um i think we went to the gym one day and we both were not looking forward to the hour lifting session that we had planned and then we we just both got a pencil and paper and just said, you know what, let's try doing this instead. And oh my God, like the next time we raced, we were just like, this feels amazing. Like, I can't believe this feels so easy. And it's like, I, like it was night and day. And, and that's actually when we started, that's when I started hitting the podium for um, the, the national series races. And it was in 2018 that we discovered this stuff. So I was like, oh, wow, now this is, this is it. This is, we, we, we found it. We did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it doesn't crush you. Or, yeah, it doesn't get, like, it doesn't get you sore. It's like, it's like yeah. you don't get sore to, you know, it doesn't affect the next day. The next day you wake up and you're like, oh, like, I, I hit my run. I did this workout yesterday. Uh, and today I, I, was, I did 10 miles and I woke up, like, extremely tired. I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to do great today. It's going to be like seven flat to seven fifteen pace today I'm, I'm just gonna jog and i ended up hitting six thirties and i was like oh wow that was great like it, it didn't affect me as much as i thought it was gonna affect right. me and i'll feel more recovered tomorrow and then i'll do another workout on thursday yeah the other thing that we do um i mean this is like important to note um is that we stack our workouts so if we have intensity running in the morning so let's say we have a tempo run or we have a mixed workout uh, anaerobic aerobic mixed workout somewhere where we're doing like a fart lick or speed workout or whatever we are going to do our weights on that day so we're going to do the high intensity you know obstacle simulation workout on that same day um and that way we get to have our recovery days as like full recovery days so maybe the next day will be like just an easy run, recovery, um, you know, conversation miles. And then followed by maybe like, uh, you know, stretching session, foam roll, uh, any kind of recovery stuff. Maybe I'll, sometimes after an easy run, I'll come in and do like, you know, um, finishers, like little weight finishers, but nothing crazy. And everything is about recovery. So if you do have uh, the ability to do that, I think it's really smart because you're gonna get the most out of your running workouts. And let's all remember that like 85 or 90% of our Spartan races or obstacle race is still usually running. So even though those other components are essential, you don't wanna be falling off of obstacles, you don't wanna be failing anything, you still need to be proficient. But at the same time, when you talk about being competitive, the name of the game is running. Like it, it is what it is. So um, you definitely don't want to make those workouts suffer because of your gym session that you did the night before. So that's why we always try to stack our workouts. And when you're tired, you know, you, you get in the gym and you think start, once you warm up, you know, you start to roll. Um, the other thing too, I think it's important to know, I mean, hey, um, talking to a lot of, I mean, Mark's, Mark, you know, our coaching business, a lot of our clients are 
like regular people with you know nine to five jobs and have kids and they're not professional athletes so um i think that it's important to have your schedule and your training really uh, you, you you need to be you, you need to be ready, willing, and able to like to to carry out a training plan. And and the able part is like if you have a ninety minute wait session, a run in the morning, a ninety minute wait session, and this and that and whatever, and you're following a plan like this, what's the likelihood that you're gonna miss that ninety minute workout? It's probably pretty high because it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh shoot, well we're doing you know. Um, we just finished lunch and the kids come home from school and this and that or whatever it is, or you're home from work and kids come home from school and you're like, Oh, well they got homework now. Now we got to do homework. All right. All of a sudden that took an hour longer than I thought it was going to take. Shit, I got to make dinner right now. And then it's like, I don't think I'm going to get in the gym today when it's 30 minutes you'll do it like 20, 30 minutes. And I can, I can, sometimes I have to like run out and knock this workout out while I'm cooking dinner. What's well, great. Cause I'm a gym at home right now, but no joke, like half the time I'm semi making dinner while I'm doing my workout. It gets done and I never miss it. And that's the key for people is whatever you plan on your schedule or you have your coach plan for you, it's better if it's something you'll never miss than if it's really good shit that you miss half the time. It's like, yeah. I don't, I think that that's something that people need to just really figure out. And uh, I feel like we've got it figured out and it makes me really happy. If I was to sit down and compare side by side, like my training to like Nicole's or Lindsay's or, you know, Rebecca's or, oh man, what, you know, it'd be probably pretty embarrassing. I'd probably be like, damn, well, that explains why they're way ahead of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it, it's like, this is what I can do. And I'm like, hey, we figured it out. Cool. You know, and, and we still try to like sprinkle in more. We always get excited and we try to sprinkle in more and go, 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 add to this day. Okay. What if we add here? What if we add here? I'm in the middle of doing that right now because I'm like, okay, everyone else is training so hard. I'm going to be missing something. But, um, but at the same time, it's like, if you're going to miss workouts, then you're not going to see any benefit. You're going to see just, you're going to go backwards. So better to get, you know, something that's realistic on your, on paper you know, and your plan. That's the way I say it. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that you pointed that out. Cause that's, I think that's the biggest factor with anyone training, whether they're doing their own programming or working with a coach is that it has to be something that works with your schedule. If someone's programming for you and you can't fit it in, like you're going to fail that it just, it definitely has to be something that works with your, with a schedule and your lifestyle and to be consistent and effective. Yeah. Consistency. Is consistency is key. key it's key yeah. yeah if you're consistent over time you're going to see improvements but yeah. if you start uh breaking down to a point where you overworked then obviously you're 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 not going to be consistent and then you're going to break down and you're not going to build as much so if you're able to stay consistent you're able to stay strong you're able to train hard that's when you see really big gains yeah the other thing you pointed out that i just really want to emphasize is we all get, or I should say we all, but a lot of people get these ideas in our head that because with OCR, there's so many different things to work on. There's the running, there's lifting, there's obstacles. There's just so many things to conquer that we have to train for multiple hours in the gym. And I love that you guys pointed out that like you figured out how to condense this into a half an hour and get on the podium and do better. And that we 
we can have our busy lives and don't need to be in the gym for all these hours. Yeah, like I, I think honestly, compared to every single like Spartan pro or any OCR professional, I I know I'm spending the least amount of time in the gym. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like something we're excited about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is what it is. It is what it is, <laughs> and it's like you know, ideally, I would love to spend an hour in the gym and be really calm and with my thoughts and just kind of like lifting and being strong and then going to the climbing gym after and being there for an hour and a half. But I'm like, I have to take care of uh, two humans. So <laughs> it's like, I need to be there and I need to be, I need to be a father. So it's, it's basically, I take my time and I realize that, you know, I could still make the podium if I really make my half an hour very effective. But after that, it's like, if I spend any longer in the gym, I'm not going to get any more stronger. And you know, I'm not going to get, um, you know, I'm, I'm just taking time away from my family. So well, I mean, and the other thing with the obstacle racing, and you probably like see this all the time or even experience it. I feel like, you know, we, we preach a lot about, you know, having all the components, like where's your weaknesses and are you working on them? And, you know, I still think that most of us, even some of the top pros probably would, you know, probably would say that this is sometimes their mentality is that like, we tend to overwork on the things that we are already good at. And then like the things that are, are our weaknesses, we can easily like shift the focus and be like, eh, not today, not today, not today. It's not fun to work on the things that you're not good at. And there's a reason you're not good at them is because you're not working on them. And then, yeah, like it's, it's a vicious cycle. So <laughs> the thing is, is that like, you know, I think that everyone needs to take a step back every once in a while, whether it's after a race. A lot of times him and I do this after races because like we could be like flying home uh, we have like a long eight hour trip where we're just me and him and no kids like screaming in the background. And it's like, you know, quiet time, I guess. It's like our time to talk. So a lot of times it's like post-race uh, where we look at everything, even Jacksonville, which I would say was fairly successful, definitely pretty successful for me. I had a great showing. I had a great race. He had a pretty good race. Um, and I think at the end, we still go home with, you know, four hours of like, hitting it back and forth where we're like, all right, what, where were the weaknesses? What do we need to work on? And what is the plan moving forward? And um, even then it's still like pulling teeth to get out and do the things that you're not good at. That are sometimes that are not accessible and that's hard. You know I mean? It's like, um, I'd love to work on Olympus with the new walls and like the, the holes, the way they have them or whatever, but I don't have Olympus in my backyard to like work on it. And even though people are like, oh, you can do things that help you on Olympus, I'm like, no, 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 I'm past that. Like, I'm not failing it. I'm, I want to be fast at it, and I'm not able to practice on it. So, I mean, there's that. That's, that's just, that's the same situation for most people. So, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in their backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like once you get to this level, it's like you're, you're finding little little nuances in your races where it's like okay i could pick up five seconds there i could pick up three seconds here i could pick up two three four and it's like that makes a huge difference in yeah. your race so jacksonville exposed a lot like leaving jacksonville i had i realized i was like holy crap i i basically got luck like not lucky that i got third uh i'm lucky that i had 
time to run at the end because that's where I could just like go with it and I didn't have to worry about obstacles slowing me down because most of the obstacles were just like challenging or you know like not challenging but they were um you know like we were all kind of the same at them but early on in the race there were a lot of obstacles that we don't work on z walls uh stupid like helix i lost like 20 seconds on helix i don't work on helix i'm not i never fell off helix i don't care about helix helix is like a you know it's like a uh it's, it, it, but even yeah, it's like it's like annoying to me yeah. more than anything are that one that what's that it's one you, what's that one to go through and it's just like pipe layer it's like a jungle oh, gym pipe layer pipe layer, pipe layer, yeah. pipe layer. Yeah. i feel like uh, pipe layer you know, are just like uh, something to waste your time it's just a yeah it's like oh, it's just a break of your like it, it makes me mad because i'm like oh nobody's working on that like seriously this is not not challenging like why is why do we have to work on this but at the same time you take something like um uh like um helix and it was pathetic like how slow i went on it i mean it was pathetic i just don't know where to grab or what to do i'm just like i'm not falling off i don't feel like i'm gonna fall off but apparently i do not i saw nicole do it because they had her on the thing and i was like whoa cool <laughs> like look at how fast she is <laughs> and i'm like the worst and so in that race 20, 10 seconds here, 18 seconds there, 14 seconds there. Oh my God, it was huge. I came off of Helix and I'm like, how the hell did I get in like sixth or seventh place? Like I just dropped like three places in one obstacle. And there was only, you know, figure there was only sections of 400 meters of running. So it's like, yeah, I put a big gap on the girls behind me. I did. I gapped everybody. Every time there was a run, I gapped everybody. Me and Leanne would gap everyone like crazy but that's what it felt like crazy. But then when we got on an obstacle and they'd pass us, I'd be like, oh, well, I guess we only really gapped them like six seconds. <laughs> that obstacle by 14 seconds. So it's like, okay, now I'm behind them again. Now I gotta catch up again. And it was like, it, you know, it, it exposed a lot of, not just the weaknesses, it exposed a lot of the like, you know, um, what like insufficiencies, like it's like, yeah. we, I, I, inefficiency, I guess. It, it was just like, oh, who's, racing on helix well apparently some people are a lot better at it than me um so you know what i mean like it's just yeah well the, that's what keeps us all in it right that's why we keep coming back because there's always always something to improve on yeah. shoot i guess i need to work on helix now <laughs> you know? never thought i'd be saying that so oh man oh that's funny well awesome well, let's start closing it up let people know where they can find you if they will have questions for you. If you want to plug your coaching business, go for it. And uh, we'll go from there. We'll finish off there. Yeah. Uh, our website is mgb-racing.com. Um, and then you could follow me on Instagram at mgbracing. Yeah. And I'm at OCR mommy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate talking with you today. I like yeah, it. Thanks. thanks for having us. And that concludes this week's episode of Highly Functional. If you enjoyed it and found the information helpful, I invite you to head over to Facebook and join my group, Obstacle Course Racing Athlete Health and Performance, where you can both join your OCR tribe, as well as find very helpful, useful information on how to become a more dominant racer, a more resilient racer, and truly race at your peak performance. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional. <laughs>